Transferring wealth successfully starts with asking yourself questions that will give your family a better life now and for generations to come. In this podcast, financial professionals John and Michael from Copper Beach Financial Group guide you through eye-opening questions to help you discover the truth about your wealth. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to The Truth About Wealth with John and Michael Parise of Copper Beach Financial Group. John, what's going on? Same old stuff, Eric. Good to hear your voice again. How you feeling? You're a little under the weather, I, I, uh, I, I recall. Week six. Week six uh, of, you know, this stuff in the, the vocal cords are a little different. Long-time listeners will notice that I'm a little froggy or something. I don't know what, what term that is, but I'm getting through it. Yeah, well, it's good to be back with you guys. Yeah, good to be back with you, sir. Yeah, absolutely. Michael, what's going on? That's again, same old stuff. The year is already uh, off to a frenzied start. So we are, you know, we were just <laughs> talking before that's uh, already almost through the first month of the year as we're recording this. So it's, yeah. it's moving quickly. And you but brought a guest on the show. Yeah, you brought a guest on the show to talk about this, right? Yes, we have. Uh, we have brought Christian Hildahl from Varium Investment Partners. He's a returning guest. We've had Christian on, I think, at least once, maybe twice on our podcast. How are you doing, Christian? I'm doing well, thank you. Excellent. Yes, and, and Christian and his group Varium, they operate as an outsourced CIO, chief investment officer for our firm and some other firms out there. And so we figured that given it is the start of the year, we wanted to have Christian on and have him discuss his expertise and his team's expertise in terms of what they are seeing for this upcoming year as it relates to the economy and the markets and what's News is happening all the time, obviously, but, you know, kind of sift through the noise a little bit. So hopefully, Christian, you can enlighten us and our listeners. But why don't you give us uh, kind of your at a high level? Let's get started. Like, What's your what's your market outlook this year? Well, unfortunately, um, you know, obviously, 2022 is kind of a rough year in pretty much all markets, except for some select commodity markets. And we are really not seeing a lot of great signs for 2023. We're getting a little a little bit of a dead cat bounce here. Um, last couple of days, people kind of holding out hope that uh, the Fed is, is going to somehow miraculously uh, pull a sully and, uh, and, and land the plane on a, on a river without hurting anybody. But um, we just don't see that as being a high probability outcome. So we are still remaining very cautious. There are some markets that are a lot more attractive than they were even a year ago. Income markets, equities, we think are going to be in for a, another rough, rough year. Uh, as we kind of work our way through the calendar here, we do think that the higher interest rates and, and even higher interest rates to come uh, are going to really put a, a damper on the economy. We're, we're already seeing that a little bit. Uh, is I, I hate to say it's different this time, but it really is kind of different this time in that we're not um, we don't really have history of where we've had such low unemployment, such high inflation, and uh, we really think that gives the Fed the opportunity to really step on the brakes here, and they and they they probably will overshoot. Um, unfortunately, we've written about this in the past. Their tools are, are a rather blunt instrument. We've We've compared it to uh, trying to kill a fly with a sledgehammer. You might get the fly, but you're going to do a lot of damage. And um, unfortunately, that's what we're expecting 
particularly in the equity markets. Um, the U.S. market is, uh, we think, still fairly overvalued for what we're seeing in the economy to come. There's some better markets overseas, but you know, believe it or not, uh, you know, Europe's still a bit of a basket case, but uh, they're much more reasonably priced, and probably will present some opportunities to make a little bit of money or not lose as much money in the equity markets. Uh, but uh, the the fixed income markets are really presenting some some pretty nice opportunities, particularly in mortgages, and um, we think there's some opportunity to be very selective in allocating some capital to uh, to the fixed income markets uh but we still are very you know generally very cautious on equity markets uh particularly the US market Christian when we've talked to you in the past and we may have even touched on this in a prior podcast but sort of the information I'm gleaning from just what you went through is that like you said that this time seems to be different than in other times and I'm wondering from a sort of a portfolio management standpoint, if you see that there are shifts that are occurring, and I, I say that only because it, it seems, you know, we, you know, we in our industry read a lot about passive investing and, you know, lowering the cost of investing, you know, your portfolio, not having a lot of active trading and things of that sort. And of course, there, there I'm sure there's value to that, but are you seeing a shift in that philosophy after this last 12 years of, of bull market, now we're leading into perhaps some uncertain times? Well, admittedly, I'm biased because I have always believed that active management is superior to a passive approach. I do believe there's some tricks and tools that experienced and intelligent investors uh, can use that that can allow an active management strategy to outperform. Uh, unfortunately, the active management community has done a pretty wonderful job of dulling those tools to the point where, you know, I'd probably say 80 to 85% of active managers out there are sort of closet indexers. And that really presents an opportunity to be mediocre. And that's really what we've seen. But I think if you, if you look at the top decile managers and forgetting the absolute performance, uh, if you look at the portfolio construction, which is when we're doing our manager due diligence, is really the first thing we look at. You know, if you own seventy or eighty or ninety stocks in a in a large cap growth portfolio, you're you're basically an, an, an index. And if you're charging seventy five or hundred basis points or even more, you're going to get a an inferior return. So we think that having a more concentrated, not necessarily concentrated portfolio, something between twenty five and say forty stocks in each style box is really the approach that will allow outperformance over a period of time. And then you throw in a couple of uh, uh, value-added strategies like a, a covered call strategy, which uh, again, is not rocket science, uh, but it is, it's, it's a time, big time consumption, tracking and monitoring that adjusting prices as, as, uh, as the underlying stocks move, you know, that can add another two to 3% on a year-over-year basis and nice. uh, in a market that we think probably doesn't have a significant opportunity to deliver even high single-digit sort of returns, it's an approach that more people should be doing. It's something that really lends itself to active management. You combine that with having the ability to do 
your fundamental analysis, your technical analysis, your quantitative analysis, and just doing a lot of you know data analytics, which is what we do here. Um, I'm fortunate to have a really highly skilled team of PhDs and CFAs with lots and lots of experience in managing money to do that with me and 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 for me and for the people we work for. Um, it presents an opportunity to really deliver outperformance. And in this particular time, capital preservation is really first and foremost in, in our minds. And uh, we were able to deliver a positive return last year. Uh, we did that by really staying on the sidelines to almost an uncomfortable level of uh, maintaining cash and, and just being very prudent with the kind of uh, companies that we invested capital in again, focused as interest rates rose last year, being selective in, in our fixed income allocations and and uh, making sure that, you know, we stayed very short. We were rolling over a lot of bonds and uh, just being very practical in, in our use of cash. And unfortunately, a, a lot of people over the years have have, have viewed cash as a, as a really negative thing to have in a portfolio, but it, it truly is an asset class that, that does deserve to be viewed as such. And uh, when you have the ability to hold cash in a market that was really very clearly overpriced and um, facing significant headwinds like we did last year, it's a good place to hide. And it, it's it's difficult in an environment where inflation is deleting the purchasing power of that cash, but it beats losing 30%. And uh, so that's that's really what we are looking out for now. Uh, we continue to be you know, pretty cautious. Um, it's a capital preservation type of market um, where there's still really good companies out there that you can invest in, um, but it does take a bit of skill and and some really deep research to to ferret out the ones that that do have the capability of delivering a positive return, and then you know doing some of those things that uh, again are a bit mundane. Uh, the covered call strategy is uh, again certainly. Not a sexy approach to wealth management, but it is one of those things that is a sort of a building block of delivering positive returns and, and making the portfolio work harder and making money work harder. Yeah, Christian, can you walk through that covered call strategy as a concept? And I, I'm sure some of our listeners would probably benefit from a description of, and as a concept, how that works and how that can, like you said, add some additional performance uh, if done properly uh, in a portfolio. Sure. So it's a it's a fairly basic uh, strategy. It basically is is a contract that someone who holds an underlying stock is basically delivering uh, the option, but not the obligation to sell at a future price if the if the price doesn't rise above above the strike. So there's really there's there's two aspects of it. There's um, well three, I guess, uh, owning the underlying stock. So let's just use uh, Microsoft for instance. Um, you own 100 shares of Microsoft. And uh, trading at, at two hundred dollars a share or whatever it's trading at right now, and um, you basically say the way we do it is we do it month by month. So for February, for instance, the third Friday of, of February, this option will expire. So we'll let's say Microsoft's trading at two hundred. We will sell a call, and it's called a covered call because we own the underlying stock, meaning that if it does get called away or uh, we have the obligation to sell it to whoever owns the other side of that call, uh, can call it away from us at a specific price. So let's say that we say for the next three weeks, we are comfortable uh, if Microsoft goes to $210 a share, 
we're comfortable selling it there. 5% return in a month is a pretty decent number. And, and uh, But for us to sell that, that potential of having it called away from us, we require a premium. And so we, we will sell that obligation for, let's say, $2. So 1% of the value of the stock requires us to potentially sell that at a price of $210. Well, that's a 6% return in a, in a month. Um, we're comfortable doing that. We can always buy the stock back if we still think Microsoft has a bright future ahead of it. But it basically just means that we're going to collect $2, which is $200 because uh, we have 100 shares. And so it's a, basically a, a strategy to create a synthetic dividend uh, in companies that uh, we believe still have uh, the potential to rise. And so if the company currently pays a dividend, we still collect the dividend. But we are we are in a way creating a synthetic dividend and, and creating a cash flow uh, out of that stock by holding it and uh, selling it at a higher price, potentially. Okay. Yeah, and that's uh, again that strategy, like you said, with that the premium and that income that you can generate does help. And you know, again, this is sort of what I've learned from my conversations with you, Christian, is. You know, this this is some of the benefits that having that active management can afford you as the investor. Because I've learned about how you know you're sort of nibbling around the edges, as I think you've used the term before, and that that can help over long periods of time, particularly in a market like you're thinking we may be in, where you you need that every little bit helps. The beauty of it is is that's just for one month. So we collect two dollars for February, and then we'll do it again in March, and we'll do it again in April, and we'll do it again for the following months. So if we're collecting $2 every month, that's $24 on a $200 stock. You know, you've you've got a 10, 12% return just in your covered call strategy. Now, we don't always sell them. We do offer up the the entire portfolio um where we will sell a, a call at a at obviously a, a higher price and then we'll we'll collect whatever premium we can and a lot of it is based on volatility of the underlying stock and and you know, we have the the data and the systems that that we we can tell the volatile stocks from the not so volatile stocks and a volatile stock will get a higher premium. And again, if we can generate probably a, a three to 4% return just on the covered call strategy in the entire portfolio, uh, that is a very, particularly in, uh, again, a low return environment. It's a very attractive strategy, uh, a low risk strategy. The I, I always say you really don't lose the only potential quote unquote loss you have is the opportunity to have made more money hanging on to the stock if it does for some reason go up more than the 10% that we offered out as the strike price. Right. Gotcha. Let's get back to how your average investor thinks. Right now, we just came off a 12 year bull market. They have a portfolio with their advisor. It's dropped 30%, 20%. It doesn't matter what number it is, it's down. And their instinct is, I'm afraid this is going to get worse. I think I should sell, and I'm not sure what to do. And you know, how would I look at this? I'm a little nervous about that preservation. My principal. What advice do you give this investor? Uh, we we don't get a lot of that here because our, our investors, you know, know the answer to that. But I want maybe you explain how you look at it as a as a professional that actually manages the portfolio. Well, history has shown that over time the market does go up. The economy expands, companies do well, their price goes up, their as their earnings go up. And um, you know, the market itself, 
will fluctuate between people willing to pay a I mean, when you're buying a stock, you're you're essentially buying the future. Uh, so that's where the multiple comes in, the mul- multiple of earnings and the multiple of cash flow. And there are times when people will be much more willing to pay a, a higher multiple uh, because they view the economy as being stronger or faster growing. And or in, in the case of the last 12 years, we had n- near zero interest rates which, you know, the market is a discounting mechanism. And so when you're projecting earnings out into the future, you have to use some sort of discount rate to bring those back to a current value. Uh, that's the fundamental analysis that we do. And when your interest rate is is darn near zero, if not zero, you're discounting those future earnings at a much, much lower rate, meaning that there's going to be a higher price that people will be willing to pay. So the market will fluctuate between let's say you know 24 25 times earnings which is very high historically to a more conservative you know 14% when times aren't viewed as being very positive in in the future so long term strategy is is you know we always recommend that that people stay invested that doesn't necessarily mean fully invested and so what we say is is it, it's a little bit difficult to j- just generically say what they should do, but we say let's have a look at your portfolio, let's see how your capital is allocated, and uh, we'll usually make some recommendations about. Well, you know, this is a very growth oriented portfolio. We don't think growth is going to be the place to be in the next twelve to eighteen months. Uh, maybe we should reallocate that capital into something different that we think has a higher potential for for return. So, you know, we, we, we'll we'll dig into portfolios and 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 give a fair and honest assessment of of what we think the market will do. We're not always correct, but we over time have proven to be more right than wrong and uh, occasionally we'll miss some stuff, but for the most part being invested, not necessarily fully invested again using cash as an asset class has proven to be a good strategy. But uh, for the most part, uh, we say the economy will grow over time, and that means that stocks will appreciate over time. And as long as your time horizon isn't you know two years, then you can kind of ride out the waves. But again, it really comes down to how you structure the portfolio. Again, we are big believers in active management done properly. And we think that that over time presents opportunities to uh, significantly outperform the market. And um, active strategies, again, uh, a lot of managers have done a really great job of making themselves obsolete. Uh, And passive has worked remarkably well over the last 12 years when the market just sort of gently rose up and to the right. And uh, it it wasn't real complicated to invest client assets and, and, and deliver a positive return. Um, simply because the tailwinds were pushing markets higher. Uh, we don't think we're in that environment anymore. We think it's going to be a much more selective market, a market that uh, uh, really does benefit active management. And uh, so that's that's what we, we, we tell clients is, is, you know, let's have a look at, w- at where you're allocated. Don't fall in love with your investments. Um, they're not your children. They're just a tool. So be willing to change your mind about uh, you know where the economy and, and the market's going and particularly where where certain companies are going and and be willing to you know some some folks are like you know I, I love stocks I would just want to invest in stocks and 
you know, a lot of the conversations we've been having lately is, well, you know, stocks aren't the best place to be right now. It's actually kind of boring fixed income stuff that we really like right now. And uh, you have to resign yourself to the fact that you're probably not going to get double digits returns. And uh, certainly the risk that you're taking to try to achieve that is probably not going to be justified by the return that you yeah, get. Hey, Chris, the reason why I brought that up is we had a we had an individual referred to us a while back. It was 2020. It was early 2020. It, it was being managed by a trust company. And the market cranked downward, as you know, like 30% within, within two days. It was Remember, that market was crazy. Well, he told his advisor, bail me out. The world's coming to an end. He sold out of that account. It caused a huge capital gain tax because it was all pretty mm. much a gain portfolio. It was a non-qualified account, non-IRA. And we were in, I had a conversation with him, and he said, yeah, I bailed out of market. I was very uncomfortable. I don't like what I was seeing. I'd rather be in cash, whatever. And I said, well... I said, I appreciate what you did, but your emotions kind of got in the way here because uh, we think the market's going to turn around pretty quickly. And sure enough, it did. So what he did, he did all those, he took all those losses, went to cash, big tax problem, and the market excelled over the next seven months. It actually had gauged by the by year end. So the bottom of the story is he panicked emotionally. And what you did was a very technical, very orchestrated, stay with the markets, the markets do X, Z, be patient, whatever. But a lot of the people, emotions get in the way. Hard to control that, but that's why your business and we're business trying to help clients through those tough times so they don't make those mistakes. But that's the things that we see and hear from our clients. Sometimes their emotions just get in the way they make a mistake. Yeah, it's, you know, it, money money creates a lot of emotion. Yeah, and absolutely. losing it uh, creates a, a lot more of a negative emotion than making it does. Um, you know, the, the the fear factor is is always greater than the greed factor, uh, at least in most cases. And when you do decide to when you make a decision like that, you're really you're making you're forcing yourself into two decisions. The first decision is to sell. The next decision is okay. When do I get back in? Exactly right, and and that does create, you know, it's a difficult decision because you're you're reacting emotionally to fear. Um, in most cases, you're not going to make a really great decision when you're reacting out of fear. And there's better strategies than just blowing out a portfolio. So what we would have recommended is okay if you're really uncomfortable with it, why don't we why don't we buy insurance on your portfolio? It might cost one and a half two percent of the value of your portfolio to uh, basically offset any losses uh, with, um, with, with something we'll invest in that will have a gain. We like to use volatility. So we buy an option on, on volatility and that rise volatility rises as uh, stocks decline. Um, and so, you know, paying 40% or 2%, which, which would you prefer? And then we can take a non emotional uh decision uh to re maybe reallocate the portfolio it's always good to sort of visit your portfolio and make a decision today not yesterday last month last year about what is a great investment uh because the market changes all the time and and the outlook for the market changes all the time and so being able to come at it fresh today in the moment and make an honest assessment of where you think the economy is going uh, where you think you know the industries are going, where the individual stocks are going, that requires a, a very active approach. And and again, that's that's what we do. Unfortunately, 
there's a lot of folks out there that are are managing uh, you know client assets that don't necessarily take the same view and just basically have you know a single strategy that they've had for 20 30 years of their career that just buy and hold or buy the dips and sometimes that's just not a great strategy it, it has worked i mean it's been a great sure. i've been in the business i can't believe it 31 years now i mean if i would have put money into the market in 1992 when i started in the business you know i would i would be up you know 10 15 times uh, my original investment um but i had 30 years to do that uh when you're making an emotional decision about the next two weeks or two months or even two years uh you you can definitely you can definitely hurt yourself and and hurt hurt your strategy real quick before we end today's session if you're going to read the tea leaves uh, as 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 people listen to the podcast if you look at the stock market in 2023 is it going to be positive or negative to you, in your opinion at the end of the year uh well we I would say if I was betting, and we don't like to compare investing to betting because it's it's not. But uh, I, I would say we're going to be lower. Okay. Uh, I, I I do think that uh, the Fed is probably going to overstep. The economy is going to be probably a little worse than people are expecting. I would say we're probably not down more than ten percent, but certainly ten percent down would not surprise me. Okay. How about the bond market? Where do you see the bond market? Well, I think the bond market has reached a very nice equilibrium here. And uh, I think there are opportunities in select markets that you can make a low single digit 5% type of return being really patient and picking the right areas to invest in, the right companies to invest in. Um, I don't think interest rates are going to rise significantly from here. Uh, maybe a little bit. Um, the Fed probably is going to do something here, I guess, what's seven, eight days. Well, probably 25 basis points, but maybe a 50 basis point increase. I think there's probably a real heated debate going on between the Fed governors about what is the appropriate level of of an increase. But we're going to see smaller rate increases uh, over the coming months, uh, probably stopping in, in the summertime as, as they'll digest data. But uh, I don't think that putting money into the fixed income market is a bad idea. In fact, it's our best idea right now. And uh, an area that we're spending an awful lot of time uh, digging around in and trying to find good names and, and good companies to invest in. Excellent. Interesting. Well, Christian, as always, thank you for your expertise. Thank you for being a guest. And I know we will have you on again in the future. But until then, you know, pay attention. I know you will and, you and continue yeah. to do what you guys do. It's great. So thank you so much. Keeps me up at night. All right, guys. Take care. <laughs> thank you, sir. Christian, this has been fantastic. Again, I just want to echo what the guy said. Thank you so much for being a part of the podcast and bringing such great information. John and Michael, uh, again, bringing on guests that that absolutely have a ton of knowledge in the in the area that you've asked them to speak about, and, and this was no different. So thank you so much for providing this. And, of course, our last thank you goes to you, listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Truth About Wealth podcast with John and Michael Paris. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way when John and Michael come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And we humbly ask you to share this podcast, rate it and leave a review, as this actually does help others find the show. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Copper Beach Financial Group, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. 
Thank you for listening to the Truth About Wealth podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Copper Beach Financial Group. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. This material is for informational purposes only. Neither APFS nor its representatives provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Please consult your own tax, legal, or accounting professional before making any decisions. Copper Beach is not affiliated with American Portfolios Financial Services, Inc. and American Portfolios Advisors, Inc. Securities offered through American Portfolio Financial Services, Inc., a member of FINRA SIPC, Investment Advisory and Financial Planning Services offered through American Portfolio Advisors, Inc., an SCC Registered Investment Advisor. These opinions are subject to change at any time without notice. Any comments or postings are provided for informational purposes only and do not constitute an offer or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or other financial instruments. Readers should conduct their own review and exercise judgment prior to investing. Investments are not guaranteed, involve risk, and may result in a loss of principal. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Investments are not suitable for all types of investors. Copper Beach is an unaffiliated entity of American Portfolios Financial Services, Inc. and American Portfolios Advisors, Inc. Any opinion expressed in this forum is not the opinions of American Portfolio Financial Services, Inc. and American Portfolio Advisors, Inc. and have not been reviewed by the firm for completeness or accuracy. American Portfolios and Copper Beach Financial Group are not affiliated with any other named business entities mentioned.